Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. My name is David Bell. And my name is Jeffrey May. Hi, Jeff. Hey, it's me. And listen, listen here. We just watched the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. I just saw on the calendar that right now on Earth, it's almost Christmas time. We don't have time for trivialities like Christmas. But Peter's so sad about Gamora being gone. Maybe if we go to Earth for a really wonderful Christmas gift, it would make him happy. Something special he will never forget. What about someone special? We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. I just said that, Drax. If your voice is small and mousy, I think maybe he didn't hear you. Ah! You're coming with us. We did. We did see that. You. I'm very we excited did. we got to do this. I, I was desperate to do this episode with you. Really? Yes. Okay. So, first of all, thank you for being on. Yeah. Um, Tom. Tom's out. Um, I, I, you know, we're winding down the end of the year, but there'll still be like we just watched, and there'll still be specials and stuff. But Tom is currently out um, visiting family, and uh, I, I like the Fablemans came out this weekend. I was like, man, I, th- I feel like that's something Tom might want to be involved in. He does have a show about it, and and uh, and then I realized, fuck, this had dropped. Yeah uh and uh thank you so much again for being on do you want to um at the top of this do you want to tell people like where they can find sure. you or what yeah you, yeah yeah um so for those of you that don't know me you know i am a, a i'm a, a christmas simp i i love me some you christmas are. i um i i went on record very early on uh as saying guardians of the galaxy was going to be one of the best marvel movies of all time uh that that is on that is on recording i'm a big fan of both of those but if you don't know me i'm a big old professional nerd i work at a lot of comic book conventions i have a podcast called jeff has cool friends which is at patreon.com slash jeff may um as well as free everywhere else uh but you know i do that i'm i'm you might know me from unpopular opinion you don't even like sports a sports podcast about how you don't even like sports uh and then (laughs) you know uh tom and jeff watch batman if you're here you must know that you must. You must. You have to. And I, you know, yeah. I, I, I used to be a teacher. I used to teach a lot of cultural history stuff. And so I know a lot about Christmas. Right. Uh, all right. I, I'm really happy to hear what you said about Guardians of the, of, of the Galaxy. Because okay. I've talked about, I think, like the Black Panther stuff. I think, that, I think that's the highest quality Marvel, personally. But I will say Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the most fun I have with Marvel and the most, like, I feel like this is what Marvel should always be. It, it, because 
I think it's just the strongest version of Marvel. Yeah. I, uh, and I really enjoyed the first one. I really enjoyed the second one. I and and now we're on this holiday special. Um, how did you like this? I liked this a lot. I, I really enjoyed this. What One of the things I love is that we have returned to the Christmas special as opposed to the Christmas film. Yes. Which I think is something that we have kind of lost, or at least we've lost in the fact that I'm no longer a child waiting for, you know, the 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 latest cartoon I love's special. You know, I remember all the things I grew up with that were playing on, like, ABC at seven o'clock on a Wednesday. Right. Like, you know, that nostalgia for me is really great. I think it's really interesting that Christmas movies have become like sequels are Christmases now, right? Like a lot of times, like every second movie is a Christmas, like Bad Mom's Christmas and all this stuff. And you're like, you guys are that's like two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, I like I also. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say I like a 45 minute Christmas special with that kind of energy. Me too. I also, one thing that I think current films across the board have a lot of trouble with is sincerity. And Christmas mm-hmm. specials often are supposed to be sincere yeah, uh, and, and, and like sappy. And I think there's this feeling of like, it's not cool. And like Marvel has this problem a lot where it's like, they feel like they have to make fun of everything that they're doing at the same time. They have to undercut everything with a joke. Um, but one thing they're doing right, I think, even though I did, I did not like Werewolf by Night, I liked What's the idea Jesus Christ, of doing really? these holiday and Christmas specials. And I think uh, I'm glad they're doing it. I wish they'll do another Star Wars holiday special. I think that'd be funny. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I'm... Well, they do I'm, the Lego one, right? Oh, did they? They did a Lego okay. holiday last year, I think. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm not too plugged in to the holiday specials yeah. anymore because I'm not a child. Um, this is all to say I really liked this as well. I, I have like no like notes, you know, I have no critique of it I have, and it's not, it's it. Oh, you do. I okay, do good. have, I do have one. Well, one thing I wanted to mention about werewolf by night, as opposed to this, this is a Christmas special, um, of a well-established property that has been at least featured in five films now. So yes, like, and also it knew the assignment more than I would say Werewolf by Night did. Well, Not I, that we have to compare the I two. Mean, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, respectfully disagree with you on that one. Uh, and primarily Ooh. because Werewolf by Night was also designed to open up a pocket of the Marvel Universe. So this is, sure. it's also a stepping stone. And I actually really liked that. Um, and especially for the fact that friggin' Michael Giacchino was the director. There's um, a lot of things to love about Werewolf by Night. Yeah. My issue, and people can go back and listen to it, um, me talking about this. My issue is that they're making a Halloween special. Mm-hmm. Make it scary. <laughs> make, it a, make it a horror thing. The problem is they, did, they set up this idea of classic horror Hollywood, like the mummy, like Boris Karloff. But it's not actually that. It's just black and white with like some good old style lighting. Like the mummy doesn't end with a one or where, a, you know, a, he perfectly beats up a, squ- a SWAT team. You know what I mean? Where it couldn't help but to be Marvel. Well, it's the twist. It, it, yeah, it, I mean, I guess, I mean, this is not about that, but I, I do like the twist that the monster is the hero, not the villain. Right. But it, it, it just, it didn't actually feel like it, it tried it like. It, it set itself up of like we're going to be old universal monsters and then it wasn't and like the dinosaur the dialogue is just like modern and quippy and it just like i was disappointed because i was really hoping for like marvel to actually go for it and do yeah. something more like horror 
And then it was just like, once I realized, like, oh, this is just another superhero thing. Whereas this special, spoilers, <laughs> doesn't end with, like, a big pew, pew, pew fight. No. it's there, it, it understands the assignment. It is a Christmas There's special. limited action in this whole thing. And, and the action yeah. is comedy action. Um, exactly. And that, to me, is like, I would have been, if this... The, like this is my issue with werewolf by night is like imagine if this ended that way with them having like a big fucking action superhero battle yeah it's just like it was that where it's like marvel can you fucking just be the thing for once yeah and this is the thing this is a holiday special through and through yeah. i thought and this is the second to last thing that james gunn is going to do for marvel um yeah. until guardians 3 and then he is going to be the I mean, a very rich man. as far as Warner Brothers is concerned, the savior of their yeah. <laughs> cinematic universe, because, oh, boy. Um, OK, so that being said, though, I do like I have one one gripe with this whole thing, and it's it's going to be silly, but their choice for animation is to make it seem like an old Rankin Bass animated, like kind of one of those TV animated things that we watched. But the animation quality is low to the point that it's got the energy of like one of those 7-Eleven bargain bin DVD it, Christmas specials. It reminded me of Eight Crazy Nights. It's way <laughs> it's worse, though. Film? It's worse. That was yeah. much more fluid. This animation is choppy and it doesn't look. It would be I think it would be really affordable to replicate something like a Twas the Night Before Christmas, which I think is what they were trying to do. Yeah, or like that, the snowman made it look more like fantasy yeah. or like the more storybooky. Yeah, the animation is not good. And it's I'm, also not a big part of it. I know. I know that. But it's also yeah. the flashback and it's also designed to mimic old Christmas specials, but it doesn't look like any actual Christmas specials. I it agree. just looks like when, not good animation. Yeah, when people on Twitter were commenting, like praising it for looking like an old special, I was like, "What old special?" No, no, it, like it I, I, I did not. I, yeah, I didn't sense that at all. It's um, it, it is definitely one of those public domain Rudolph cartoons that you find on a on a thing that's like fifty Christmas specials on one disc, yeah. and then you look at it, and you're like, it's "These the are all Walmart shit." Rack, like yeah, yeah, that and that's it. That it was the one thing where I was like, I feel like you guys could have done. A little better. Something. Yeah, I, I was, something. I was also really weirded out by how they chose to make Groot's body. Yeah, what was going on he's with like Groot? A, he's like a chunky boy now. He's like a beef. He's a beefy boy. But he's got a tiny head. Well, he's he's, he's Groot. <laughs> yeah. But like I, I'm trying. I was trying to figure out because like he's a teenager in in the last things we've seen him in right and what was yeah he, he was uh, skinny Groot's always been skinny and now he looks like the hulk yeah and he's he's a big old thick boy which is yeah. like I, I guess it's fine you know like it's all well and good and and you know I'm not body shaming no it's just it was like it's a, more of like i don't understand the progression yeah i do also like the the effects budget being such that they pretty much just had to keep the character the the main animated characters like kind of in the distance sometimes i thought that was yeah. really funny yeah that was funny. They 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 have like one set, but it's a very good set. I will say. Oh yeah, I really liked the set that they had. The nowhere but set again, is it's, gorgeous. It's a yeah. forty-four minute special, yeah. so I didn't expect. I I was actually surprised there was as much of a budget, because yeah. once well, yeah once it got started, I, I had that realization, which is like, oh right, they're gonna this is gonna be tough, and so they clearly like they followed the two characters. I mean, James Gunn has said he this follows um. 
Uh, Dra- I just forgot. Drax and Mantis. Drax and Mantis. Because he d- he said, I feel like they got sidelined in the film, the, the second one, and he's right. Yeah. Um, I also think Drax... Um, well, this is a conversation, because I actually don't know how involved he is in this. It felt like the first time enjoying Guardians of the Galaxy since 2. And what I mean by that is that they keep appearing in movies that James Gunn isn't directing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he wrote a bit for them. But they like they feel they felt very cartoony lately. They, uh, well, they're like, the comedy like, pocket of Marvel. Exactly. And yeah. I think when they're done by other people, it was really noticeable sometimes. Like Peter Quill has been kind of an annoying character. Uh uh in like the in like avengers and stuff like that like, well, like obviously infinity people war? were mad at him yeah well people were obviously mad at him for what he did with the thanos thing and i guess what i'm saying is that this is the first time since two that i'm like oh yeah i like peter quill i think i like well, him i wasn't james gunn involved in that no that's what i'm saying no. is i think he probably was no, he was but i think I, it's I, more I, I, it's more cooks in the kitchen yeah. and stuff where it's like I, I just it's nice to see his more singular yeah. vision of these characters. I think Drax got really cartoony in well, the, Infinity Drax, War and the, stuff. The problem with Drax is that Drax has one note. And that yeah. and and you know, we saw a lot of that because there there is a lot of the the people that see themselves in Drax and, and of course uh, many people that are on the spectrum have related right. to Drax as being somebody that interprets things in a certain way and and that's great. But then yeah. it became this very specific note that I think even Dave Bautista's kind of over. Yeah. Where it's like like in where he was like eating the chips and being like, I stay very still that I'm invisible. And I'm like, what are you a fucking cartoon character now? Yeah. Like stuff like that, where it, it's like the sitcom thing where characters as the season progress, just become caricatures. Yeah. Um, he's become a caricature yeah. and it feels like there's very little, there's less and less depth yeah. every time. I would add now that the relationship between Mantis and Drax in this, uh, in this special is fantastic yes. and it's from a character that i was oh i was over drax i'm like i was kind of like uh like i think guardians of the galaxy part two which in my opinion is kind of the lower point of the characters i think i, I actually right. disagreed with you about the infinity war thing i actually really liked how they made them interact once they went I love, to, towards the earth kind of stuff right i love watching them i mean we had been waiting it for it for so long watching them interact with the other like avengers yeah that was glorious i just felt like james gunn really knows these characters in this world mm-hmm. and it's just like it's just nice to see because he see, feels like everybody it, they're just playing it safe whereas he he has the authority to be like i'm going to change yeah. tracks yeah well, you know we i thought when when you saw like him when you saw infinity war i think and you saw the interactions with that especially with quill when they met thor and like the way that the comedy bounced off of it all i thought that was really good i thought that yeah that it might be other than guardians one which you know getting the band together but that snippet of infinity war might be my favorite guardian stuff because it's oh, okay. it's just very very well done in a very short time which is probably why you know like that's yeah. the other thing too is like guardians is perfectly built for a 45 minute special because a 2 hour right. movie sometimes you're like man this is a lot of quips right a lot of quips you know what it feels like um the, the analogy i guess i want to put forward is groot mm-hmm. What I mean by that is James Gunn says, here's what Groot, what stage Groot's in, right? 
Mm-hmm. And until he makes another thing, that's the stage group stays in. Yeah. And that's what it is, is that it feels like without James Gunn, the characters don't proceed um, or grow in any. I mean, they did some certain stuff like obviously uh, in uh, not Infinity War. No, in, in Infinity War, there's a lot of big Guardian stuff. Like there's the Gamora stuff. There's there's a lot. There's a lot that they got to do in those. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, you know what I'm saying. But you're right. Is that I'm probably being a little hard on it. Um, my it's just like my overall point being that like they slowly degraded in my mind. Yeah, and this like brought them back, especially characters like Peter Quill, who I feel like like we just kind of stopped. I th- like he, I th- he 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 kind of stopped being charming, and like st- like they all kind of you know became th- characters. So it's just nice to see this. I feel like that kind of has something to do with the fact that Chris Pratt, like America, kind of got over him. Yeah, and we so like did, now, like, and that didn't help. Yeah, like we're like, oh, it's like seeing James Woods in a movie now, and you're like, ah, oh, he's right. good at what he does, but. I'm just I yeah. don't I mean he's not as I'm gonna put it this way Chris Pratt has his problems but I do not consider him to be like a he's James, James Woods. Woods yeah um no for sure but yeah like um, it does seem he's like he's tried to like redo his image a little bit but there's there's certain things where he's yeah America you know. America has smoked the whole pack of Chris Pratt and yeah and you know they they kind of got over it a little bit um so I I, sure. I think that might have something to do with it as well but you know, as as Quill and as these characters go, like this is fun. It's very fun. There is everything about this special is is predictable in a good way. Yeah, there is. No, there are no surprises. Um, I guess the only real surprise is that there's not a big fight. Exactly. And again, they understood the assignment. And that's what I love about. That's the thing is that like. The thing that I also like about James Gunn specifically is he has so much sway that he can shape Marvel, whereas yeah, he's one of other the things four you feel could, like yeah. they're still forced to do certain things, you know, yeah. they're still being pushed around. Whereas James Gunn can be like, I just want to make a Christmas special. Yeah. He's like al- Marvel. Oh, I was going to say, he's also not going full throttle in, in a certain direction the, the way that Taika did where right. you got Ragnarok and you're like oh it's like a comedy with with action in it as opposed to an action movie with comedy in it this is incredibly right. refreshing and then you saw Love and Thunder and you're like why why don't we why don't we pull it back a little bit when we right. like, this Love is and a, this is a bit like much. he just I think so I think with Love and Thunder the problem was um that like you look at Thor Ragnarok and you see like Taika clearly knew where the beginning, middle and end had to be because Marvel had told him, I think love and thunder. It's sort of like open-ended. I, we don't, yeah, we don't know if he's going to come back. Will Chris Hemsworth do the role asking Marvel, like what's the next stage? They're like, we're not sure. Like no one, it seems like it's all part of this weird purgatory where Marvel doesn't know what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, and so love and thunder just felt like it was like real wheel spinny the way some of previous ones were it was also Um, a bit much like yes it was wheel spinny but also like it it amped up the the silliness factor to a point where like i remember somebody saw ragnarok and they didn't like it because and and i was blown away by that and they they had stated that that was beyond they didn't like the way it was taking thor like the direction that thor would go that thor's not supposed to be the comedy character 
that Thor right. is at his best when he is the straight man. And they're not wrong. But now, now like then I was a little bit like, what the hell is wrong with you? And after right, because... seeing Love and Thunder, I was like, oh, that, that's what you were predicting. Like, like you saw this coming. Right. It's again, it's the becoming slowly becoming characters. Because I think I think what happened with Love and Th- Thunder is he had so they gave him so much control. And then very little like, yeah, just do whatever. And I think Taika was like, all right, I'm just going to make a fucking comedy. Because yeah. I think I don't think there was just there's no passion there. Um, I think he didn't care. I think people like Chris Hemsworth is just like, yeah, this is my contractual obligation. <laughs> so it's just like uh, there was no direction. Yeah. Yeah. Hemsworth's um, like, when I like- am I going to get to be Hulk Hogan? Right. Yeah. So. Shit, I forget what I was going with this. But yeah, there's definitely that problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So my the other issue I have, and I have this with Thor Love and Thunder as well, um, and why this was so refreshing to me, because there's the comedy aspect, but also Marvel is notorious in my mind of promising something unconventional and then not delivering it. I think that's what well, that was my air, issue with Werewolf by Night. That was my air, issue with WandaVision. Um, that, that's where they're wild like, to me. we're going to do something different. And then in the end, it all kind of just felt like it was the same, especially since nothing in WandaVision mattered, it turned out. Like, what? In terms of like the character. If you, I mean, you that, watch I, Multiverse. I, 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 I feel like that more comes to like what was undone by what WandaVision did. Like, I, that's I feel what I mean is that, nothing mattered in the end. Yeah, like, like because, that's not yes. WandaVision's fault. No, but it is because they also bring back vision at the end of wandavision and it was like i thought this whole thing's about grief well here's the thing Uh, yeah but that that is fully in line with that is fully in line with uh with marvel comics though like vision that that happened to Vision. yeah see this is the thing i've said this before is i don't think comics fully translate to film yeah i just don't i just they don't they don't you have to change things so like with one wandavision they set it up as like we're going to explore like her grief and her anger and how she's becoming the bad guy. And they actually, the whole show, they explore this idea that vision is trapped by her. And you think like, Oh, in the end they're going to fight each other. And then sure enough, they have to introduce like a new villain and then they fight each other. And then they're like, it's okay. Cause vision's back. And it's just like, I you're undercutting everything you promised. I felt like I would say the um, Gamora thing is war is more egregious than the vision thing. Yeah. Gamora is bad where they're like, she's it's that, Gamora is literally like they do that joke in Beer Fest yeah. where it's like, oh, it's good because there's another one of the, me. And they're like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Like they they can't. St- so like going back to this, it, that's why this is. Yeah, it is. One of the first times they're like, we're going to do a holiday special. And they did. And that is. I, and I, think, I love that. I think we're we are certainly using this as the mirror that reflects Marvel because this is the Marvel yeah. is you know much to the the bemusement of my childhood self marvel is the most profitable ip right now like like yeah they, marvel's fascinating they they which you know i mean we've all talked about this in the past and i'm sure we, i'm sure a lot of people have shared that sentiment but like my mom knows who groot is right back in the day i was the only person that knew who groot was in my in my town probably you know or whatever yeah. like it's such a such an open and expanded existence from something that was, uh, you know, to the point, and obviously comics in the 90s and people were buying them, but it was a very niche form of entertainment. 
Um, and to now see see how it's influenced film is crazy to me. The, and so now when we get the Guardians Christmas special and we use this as a mirror to reflect what we've seen out of Marvel lately as being like really weird, but not always in a good way. You no, know, like, they've left like, for example, Vision being back. He, we haven't seen him since. No. And he wasn't in multiverse. Or like, yeah, that big fucking, uh, the, the giant ripping out of the earth that, that, that now they that just don't mention. That, that to me, I'm like, no, 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 no. That would be have cataclysmic environmental. That, that thing yeah. out of Eternals of something hatching out of the core of the earth. That the yeah. tectonic destruction alone is never addressed. Where that would have been yeah. like, that would have been like Avengers you know the we you know they talked about in phase two all they talk about is how the avengers event in new york was such a disastrous thing it was their 9-11 right. and it's like well this is like a global 9-11 and and they're just ignoring it yeah i think what we're seeing is just marvel generally kind of fall apart narratively where there's so many people writing so many different movies and they're struggling to tie them all together yeah. and we're just getting loose end after loose yeah. end and it's it's falling apart it's yeah. it's collapsing under but its weight this this has the interesting you know thread of the kevin bacon thread i think is very cute i think yeah. it's a it's a beautiful way to be like I, I i mean i guess it's like it couldn't have been another thing like this christmas special couldn't have been another thing because christmas is an earth holiday so like it, it's like all right so yeah. quill it's quill and his relationship with earth okay well what does quill talk about what did he talk about eight years ago? Yeah. You know, here's yeah. So uh, yeah, I want to, I want to focus on the positivity of this. Cause I feel like yeah. we've been analyzing Marvel. Yeah. And we've I wanna, been shitting I on Marvel instead out. of talking about how much we like this special. Yeah. So for uh, just quickly uh, describing what this is, it's basically, it's a flashback to Quill, like with Yondu and like him being told, don't celebrate the holidays. You know, this is silly. Um, I'll hate Christmas. And he shares this story about how he's never had a good Christmas. And then Drax and Mantis decide to give him a good Christmas. Well, okay. Mantis reveals that she is his sister. Quick correction. Um, it's actually Sean Gunn's character that explains it. Um, oh, okay. Quill Sorry. never brings up Christmas. He just right. kind of, he's just kind of like living his life, not yep. worrying about it. And it's also, other people talking about Christmas. Yeah. They're also doing something interesting that I read about, which is they're, they're, bridging a little bit which i we could talk about this all day is like this actually feels like required reading for the third guardians because i guess the dog cosmo is going to be a bit in the third one yes. sean gunn is def clearly like graduated into a bigger character yeah and I, I think that's all good the dog is great they're doing great with the dog oh, they're Cosmo's basically doing so great. doug did, it's doug did, from up yeah and i don't care did you see great. Because Cosmo is a great character, and I, and I love that they brought Cosmo into the Marvel universe. Yeah, I think it's very, I think it's very funny. Um, the the voice of Cosmo is actually the the young lady from um, Borat too. Oh, that's great! Yeah, you know, she's good for her. You know, because Cosmo Cosmo is essentially like a like he's a, um essentially like right. a Russian dog sent into space that was then granted this like yeah. sentience, which is why he wears a little, like cosmonaut, obviously, like. Right. That's why his name is Cosmo, but it's I think it's so, very sweet that they they brought that character in as a part of the team, kind of. It's fantastic. Well, that that is the big strength, of course, of James Gunn in Guardians is he brings the weird to Marvel, like, and he always has. Well, yeah, he yeah. brings the characters that you're like, I can't believe he's making that work. 
Um, well, he did that in the Suicide Squad too. He did too. Yeah, that's that's James Gunn. I think understands comic book movies more than I would argue anybody else doing yeah. them. Uh, and I know that's debatable, but I think he understands. So the, all right, yeah, this is this is a deviation, but it's it play. It's about this: is that Marvel and DC are not sci-fi. They're terrible sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're except the loosest Guardians. sci-fi. Except, they're they're practically fantasy. I would say except right? Guardians of the Galaxy. I think Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of really great sci-fi. Uh, I guess what I'm saying is they're sci-fi the way Star Wars is, which is that there's like there's no rules. It's whatever the writers need. Sure, the multiverse doesn't make any sense. Like we're talking about, there's no like they don't think about the practicalities of how do these things. Yeah, it's Star work. Wars, not not um, 2001. Yes, um, and so. Yes, it's technically sci-fi for sure, but its strength isn't that. I would argue the strength of superhero in general is the characters, is thinking about how are their characters affected. And some of them do really well, some of them don't. Iron Man 3, for example, being like, oh, he has PTSD. Let's explore that. God, I like um, that movie. I can't stand when people hated it because the reason it was like, it didn't have enough Iron Man as being Iron no, Man. No, it's perfect. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is a good movie. It's like, action 101. You take away his suit. Yeah, yeah. Take away his suit. Hey, guys, what's the hero? Is it the armor or is it the man? <laughs> you know, right. Like, and that's a that's a person. Um, Shane Black just knows how to make an action comedy. Yeah. You know, and he we, they, we needed more of that. And I guess what I'm saying is, that, yeah, the Marvel movies that work the best are the ones who understand this is about the people. And James Gunn um, loves that idea because he looks at these characters as weird as they are and goes, I wonder what's the emotional side of them. Mm-hmm. You watch Peacemaker and it's not about the action. No. It's about how fucked this guy is because of his position. Yeah. And his and, and, and his I father. Think that's where, yeah. yeah, and that's where superhero thrives. Yeah. You know? And and uh, it's a it's an actor's dream. It should be, you know, yeah. in these movies. Yeah, it is because it really does come down to like full story development, occasional action. Um, right. And one of the reasons I think I liked WandaVision so much um, where because I was like the the aspect of it really is it was a it was an eight hour long movie about grief. Um, yeah, I just don't think they stuck the landing, but I think they knew yeah, they had the right idea. They, they had the they suffered from Wonder Woman syndrome where mm. you you had the the first seven eighths of wonder woman was this really kind of well done film and then at the end they're like and here's a Zack snyder ending right Um, because the problem is they get like insecure and they feel the need to be a superhero yeah and and it just doesn't always work Um, which is why she hulk had a perfect finish no spoilers i i need to watch that i'm gonna watch it over the holiday oh yeah dave you should probably do that that and andor andor i have not seen andor yet and everyone's like what is wrong with you yeah, like, see, I have here's not had time. This is a deviation. Andor, I'm sure, is good, but in my head, you you have to earn it. And what I mean by that is like the, the Obi Wan show whiffed it hard for me. Yeah. And then they're like, "Now watch this," and I'm like, "You know what? No, <laughs> like yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'll watch it when I'm ready to watch it. But like, if you're just delivering crap to me, and then some people are like, "Yeah, but this one's really good." It's like I'm sure it is. I'll get around to it. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll I'm get not gonna there. Fucking yeah. As the same with She-Hulk. I'll get around to it. Um, I, I'm kind of excited for it. She-Hulk is the uh, anti-Marvel Marvel. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, it, it sounds a little winky, like a little too winky, but well, the, I'll watch it and he, find out here, for myself. Here's what I'll you know? say, because I know this isn't about She-Hulk, but it is about Marvel yeah. on Disney+. Plus, and I will say this. It is very reverential t- uh, to th- John Byrne and, and Dan Slott both the, cool. the writers that i think really made she hulk what they were because when stanley wrote she hulk spoiler alert stanley's not a good writer he never was a good writer <laughs> he was prolific and he knew how to come up with ideas and that's right fine um but when john byrne took over on the reboot uh, and then dan slot took over on the reboot of the reboot and they really made it this sort of like you know it was deadpool before deadpool was deadpool and that right. And people seem to forget that. They're like, Deadpool broke the fourth wall. It's like, yeah, and She-Hulk did that in like the 80s. Right. Um, right, of course. Yeah. So, I, I also, I want to watch it just because of fucking Daredevil. I think Daredevil might be my favorite Marvel character just because of the show. Yeah. And I know it's not going to be as satisfying as the show is, but it'll be nice to see him again. Yeah, he's a great he's a great character, and and I I do like that like gritty. I like a character that gets the shit kicked out of him a lot. Like that. I was about to say it's one of the things I think that Marvel really rubs me the wrong way. Is like I feel like superhero movies, even superhero movies, they still have to like again. You take away Robert Downey Jr.'s suit, you give them an underdog position. Yeah. Always, you have to, and it's hard to. Yeah. When you're Captain America, you know? Yeah, when you talk about when Superman, when you talk about streaming, when you talk about like Marvel streaming, like you have this, and then you look at something like the PTSD um, of Iron Man 3, or, or oh, I don't know why I said Iron Man 3, of like the Punisher and dealing with right. the problems that come when you come back from war, where you basically have like, what if Rambo existed in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and how would he right. act? And then, and then you see like the grief that comes through there but and then this is just like and let's just have fun right so okay yeah going back to this setting up that it's all about characters i would argue the biggest fun of games fun in games of marvel isn't the action sequences i think the action sequences always tend to kind of bore me the thing i'm always sitting there excited about is seeing characters collide Mm -hmm. right when when infinity war happened it was like i can't fucking wait to see like peter quill interact with iron man you know like and the fun that can be had with these interactions um and i think that is always the promise of fun with marvel whether or not people realize it it's seeing those mixing of characters that has been established because again i think it's all about the people in their lives and this does that because the moment i was in is when the realization comes of drax and mantis they're gonna go to hollywood and walk around and, and meet Kevin so Bacon, yeah. and it's like fuck yes, because that's all about interaction and characters. And, and it, is you you get to crocodile Dundee it, and it, it's like that's fuck yeah, you know. It's also funny that James Gunn, like y- you know, he's got favorites, and I I just really like yeah. that that he has people like he loves Flula Borg, so throw Flula in as a fucking bartender in a gay bar, yeah. and it's just like hell yeah, why not? Um, yeah. he just he has people that he likes. And he knows he can play with them and they can have the most fun doing it. He's like, and here, have some money. Right. So, yeah, for people who haven't seen the special, basically they decide to get Kevin Bacon as a gift. Yes. And it's this perfect, it's so perfect James Gunn because it's the combination of being wholesome and horrifying. Yeah. Where they are kidnapping a man because they don't know any better. Yes. Um, and Mantis and Drax, who are, it's pretty much them for the whole thing. They come to Earth. 
uh, gag after gag, you know, they turn, yeah. they forget to put on their cloaking device. Yeah. And the reaction of people seeing a spaceship is perfect. Yeah. Which is people some, are like, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Because it's just they're, trauma. They're traumatized. So it's just people right, yeah. crying <laughs> at the sight yeah, of a spaceship. There's one woman, whoever that, that actor is that they hired, that's the woman looking up at it and just yeah. hysterically crying, I think yeah, is just perfect. perfect. Yep. Um, so they land and then they... Uh, sure enough and again like you said there's no surprises here they go in front of the chinese theater with all the other costume people and they make a fortune because people start taking pictures yeah, with they them. call it they call drax god of war which i thought was yeah. really funny <laughs> and there's like these fun in games where it doesn't really matter they go to a bar they just get shit faced okay because they can't figure out where kevin bacon is and they think he's like the emperor of earth yeah because of the way quill talks about him there's something that is very funny to me which is they obviously can't show a transformer because right. of you the know go-bot. paramount or whatever so they put Psykill the gobot in there and one of the things that's one of my favorites and i don't know why they went with him other than the fact that he just does stunts in general they went with daniel right. uh, daniel bernard is um is the gobot and daniel bernard is you've seen him even if you don't know his name, you've seen him in a million things. He was an agent huh. in the Matrix. He was in Atomic Blonde, Logan. He's the guy that Harley Quinn broke his legs in uh, in uh, Birds of Prey. He's yeah, the, it's probably because he's a stuntman. He's the kickboxer from that one amazing episode of Barry. Did you watch? I haven't seen oh. Barry. I have not, but I have he's not. just in, I will. he's in everything and he's done a million things but and then they just have him because i was like who played yeah. the gobot and i was like daniel uh i was like, it was an interesting <laughs> choice uh and just like a, a super nice it's, guy i've, I've hosted yeah, panels think, with him before and he's just he's just like this kind hunk good for him yeah i'm sure there's a lot of cameos in this for this reason where it's probably like james gunn was like yeah we need a stuntman for this position technically because yeah. spoilers, uh, Drax <laughs> picks him up because the joke is a Gobot killed like his family or something. Yeah, which is his cousin. Uh, a Gobot killed his cousin, which cousin, was like yeah. from a canonical standpoint is hilarious that the Gobots, that Gobots are exist, real. Yeah. And then Tonka ended up like making toys of them, I think is very funny. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, and so like, yeah, then they go to yeah, they go to what appears to be a gay bar. Um, and they uh, they get trashed and they and they they realize like they they are no closer to finding Kevin Bacon and then they get of course a star map. Mm-hmm. Um, and here comes something I always find fascinating is whenever they need to depict a celebrity in a movie, because is there a conversation with Kevin Bacon of like how big do you want your house to be? Because it's obviously not his house, probably. It, it, I mean, right? we don't. It might be. It might be. I mean, I'm but gonna. You know I'm not I mean, gonna put it like, out there that him and Kira Sedgwick live in a, in like a small home. Like that's uh, the thing is, I'm sure they live in a mansion. That's what I'm saying is like, how humble do you want to be? You want to, you know, that's got to be a conversation where it's like, he's 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 they're just ringing the doorbell and he's answering and being like, sorry guys, and it's like, is this really what it's like to be Kevin Bacon? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yeah, like could, um, could he he realistically would have been probably more of an asshole. Um, but, I mean, and then he was like, should yeah. be, to be honest, but what, um, one of the things that's funny is like when they do the maps, um, some of the celebrities that they had, like one of them was Queen Latifah. And then the other one right. was, I'm pretty sure it was Zach Morris. It was mm-hmm. Mark Paul Gosselaar. Amazing. Um, and when they go to Arnold, though, and here's why one of the things that I think is very funny. <laughs> I'm familiar with that map, obviously. And that is where Arnold lives. 
Like, oh, interesting. Because they go up, because you can see they're going into the Palisades and they go up into uh, what's called Mandeville Canyon, which is right. amazing during the holidays. And you have to drive through that street and just look at the way they decorate because it's unbelievable. Right. Um, I always wonder about celebrity homes in general because um, where I live in New England, where, where I'm from in Massachusetts, there was actually like John Stewart has a house there. Yeah, Bon Jovi. Uh, not, not to be proud of there, this, yeah. but Bill Cosby has a house there. Oh, yeah. And I always wonder like, do celebrities have their like celebrity home? And then do they have their like fuck off home? Well, they have their travel they're home. rich enough. You like, know? like the thing is, yeah, like I don't think Arnold Schwarzenegger's only home is there, but that's his home. Uh, yeah. Like that's where he lives. It's a, it's a, an estate that he lives in and, and, and goes to. And it, I, it's randomly i found this information out from an uber when i was an uber driver and right and he was tailgating me and his neighbor told me to flip him off and that would get him to pull back because he, <laughs> i've heard multiple stories of schwarzenegger uh driving he, and that being an issue dave let me tell you he was in a silver bugatti yeah that i thought was like a ferrari or something because i didn't i was not that familiar with bugatti culture um yeah. his oil changes cost more than my car jesus um, christ and, but the thing is is it was <laughs> it was a, it was a convertible and you saw his giant head like sticking out of the car like a right. toy when you get a toy where like the head is bigger sticking <laughs> out of the car Right, and like that's a, what it a toy looked that like. Schwarzenegger would be, yeah, like a Terminator toy. And his neighbor was like, "He drives like an asshole. Like, just flip yeah. him off, and he'll back away." Uh, yeah, and I was like, "All right," <laughs> and I did it, and then yeah, he did. But then we ended up nice. going up by that area, and they were like, "Yeah, that's where he lives, right there." That's amazing. Oliver Stone um, lives up there too. Um, but it was it was just a does. funny little like. Like, if you know, you're like, oh, they actually did show where Schwarzenegger lives on the map that before is going there. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure, yeah, you just get a star map. Well, it's also, uh, it's also Quill's father in law. Wait, what? It's Schwarzenegger? Yeah. That's, that's Chris Pratt's father in law. Oh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. I was like, in Marvel? No, Quill? no, no. But they, it's a nice yeah. little nod that they, they put that, that in there. That is a nice little nod. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, they tracked down Kevin Bacon. And again, it's like a flattering view. Like, I, I just always wonder that conversation well, where it's like, you're playing yourself. How do you want to be seen? Yeah. And I always, like, I always, of course, appreciate the versions where they, someone plays like an asshole Seth, version of Seth themselves. Green. Seth Green in, um, in uh, fucking Entourage is the best example yeah. of that ever. Like, where it's like, he it's owns not it. flattering. Yeah. It's not like cool. <laughs> he plays um, like such a prick on purpose. And I love that. Yeah. yeah. But in this one, Kevin Bacon is reasonable, is how I yeah, put it. Yeah, he's, he's like, over he has it. Boundaries. He's over it, but he's just like, I'm, he does say, like, I'm calling the cops now, you leave. Like, he, he's yeah, like, exactly. get away, not cool, bye. Um, yeah. It's very funny. One of the things that I think, because I've actually recently had this thought, and I'm glad that it was covered in this special of when history looks back at our celebration of Christmas, it's going to be silly. Um, in the yeah. same way that all religious holidays are silly, that like they're they're for the most part like oh like we believe that we picked the right one, so we do all this silly shit about it, and I think right. that's very funny. So to see them react about it, and of course we see from the in the very beginning something that we kind of glossed over is that the old ninety sevens yeah. <laughs> play an alien band. And they, they were like, we found these earth instruments and we, we heard about Christmas, you know, basically through the grapevine of, you know, the game of telephone. 
yeah. they play a song about Christmas that starts out great, and then as the details expand, it just sounds weirder and wronger. Um, yeah, and and yeah, and Quill is like, no, that's not what it is, but it's also kind of what it is. Yeah, and also I think there's yeah. a great, like probably the best part of that whole bit is because you guys just got these instruments. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they play the song perfectly. They, they and play it so good. He's like, just you guys got just got these instruments. That's one of those like fourth wall breaking. Like that was great. Yeah, like to, to. It is also, you think of how aliens would think of Santa in this world is like he just seemed like another ghoul. Like yeah. there, there's plenty of ghouls in this universe. Yeah, he'd be so like, like the yeah, Silver just... Surfer, like a like a terrifying yeah. port, and it's like. It's just a very funny thing, but like the the explanation of Christmas, and then the exploration of mantis and drax into christmas with like not understanding what these things are but like totally getting the vibe yeah. and understanding it and loving it so like drax is obsessed with this elf that he calls his silly man or something like that yeah. um and, and then she finds a candy cane and she's unsure if it's supposed to be a human yeah she keeps like it's not a person but later she's like is it a person um yeah uh, and then so they're they're sort of processed through that and and they're you know they're using those props throughout the whole thing but essentially there's like a little chase scene where it kind of shows what a real human would be able to do against any superpowered marvel character which is you're fucked yeah it's like a horror where kevin bacon is running from them because they broke into his house and they're chasing him and then the cops get involved uh because he called the cops and um this is the one time i'm like this is a realistic cops because it's like a rich celebrity calling the cops so they come in full force yes and, um, and start firing immediately yeah and they they so yes they're like hands up and then pretty much just lay into drax and they do a great bit where the bullets are just tickling him yeah which <laughs> is such just, that's a, probably the most predictable joke of the whole show yeah. thing but that's also fine it's still fun. Yeah. He flips a cop car. Again, they're doing the, And he's like, like having a ball doing it, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like he's laughing yeah, he his is. ass off when he flips the car, which I yeah. thought was very funny. And she's like, you can't just go killing people. And he's like, I can't yeah. follow the rules if I don't know the rules. Yeah. <laughs> you have not set um, these boundaries. How can you expect me to maintain them? <laughs> so good. Um, and so basically they they brainwash Kevin Bacon. Mantis has used her, her, her power yeah, she's, to make she, him want to come with Yeah, him. she psychically roofies people. Yeah. And uh, she does that uh, to the star map lady. <laughs> so she robs yeah. her. She's yeah, like, you'll give it to I me for free. She and then robs she's like, her on top. And also you will give me all your money. Yeah. Um, this is what makes this work and what James Gunn works with this stuff is he knows, again, he knows the line. Where it's like he's making something wholesome ultimately and family friendly, but he knows that it needs to kind of have teeth too. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have your fish out of water. Um, yeah. And this time, these fish out of water are your main characters, which is, yeah. I, I think, really fun. And to show, like, oh, yeah, like the only experience any of these characters would have. And no, they don't because they never made it to Earth. Um, right. Were they at Tony's funeral? They might. I, I mean, I think they might have been on yeah. Earth briefly, but the whole. Like I, you know, it's this is the first time we've seen them interact with her. Yes, and it's uh, very and in a meaningful way. It's very fun. Yeah, because yeah. I was going to be like, yeah, they'd only know Wakanda, and I'm like, no, because they were on Titan. Uh, they never, they yeah. weren't on Earth. So, oh, I guess yeah, they fought on Earth. Yeah, at the end, in, you know? in Endgame. Yeah, like I'm sure they might, but it seems like the way Quill and all of them treat it is they're like, eh, Earth. Like they always just leave it whenever they can. They don't. Yeah. They don't spend well, it's time. It's a there. problem. It's like going to Florida. Like Earth is the Florida yeah. of of the galaxy, and so Absolutely. it's like, oh, we're good. Like, 
but yeah. yeah so so they you know they do they do abduct him the chase scene is very good it it stands to wit that it very well could be their house like um you know it's you see it and you're like oh i could see that as being where they live and it's funny because oh, for sure i always just wonder what the conversation uh, is that leads to that stuff you know they they did get kira sedgwick to do the voice of kira sedgwick yeah, which did. i thought was really fun she calls them so yeah. they they grab a come at you christmas shit too from a oh, store yeah they, and so they decorate everything and now it's Kevin Bacon in the ship under hypnosis, and they 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 confront him as being like the leader of mankind and a hero, and he starts slowly explaining that he just played those. And I thought what this is uh, this was the most delightful thing for me. I thought they were going to do a thing where they didn't know what acting was. They were going to do like a galaxy quest, and instead they instantly there's this like this pause, and then one of them goes, "Oh, he's an actor." And the the joke instead is that they find acting to be disgusting disgusting yeah that, like that they treat it like the, low, the lowliest form of of job yeah they treat him like he fucking runs a porn shop or something yeah, and they, where they're like oh just what scumbag shit yeah. and the whole the, the the joke throughout it is that they keep talking about actors as just being awful people yeah and he's and, and there's a great part where they're just like pretend you're a version of you that doesn't suck and he's like you know yeah. normally i probably would have been pretty upset about this but i don't know i'm feeling good right now yeah. <laughs> so yeah he basically becomes he becomes a macguffin where it's like he has no free will they're just fucking with them yeah i would i wasn't i like i knew they weren't going to do this but i wouldn't have put it past them if they like accidentally killed him yeah right in this because they're treating him like a little melvin you know yeah it's exactly what you want you want them to just bully kevin bacon so they they get there so they go through this process of just basically shitting on him for being an actor and being like you need to pretend that you actually are heroic and he's like what all right yeah Uh, and then he's and they're like he's like all right then let's storm the beaches and he's like he's like i'm like a i'm a private in the british army in world war ii and they're like no just be you just be a version of you that doesn't suck i think yeah. is what they say um and then god oh sorry it's just then we get the the perfect james gunn moment which is them presenting it which is this beautiful christmas moment where quill comes out and they set up all these lights and it's like that alone would have dazzled him it's, right it's amazing yeah it's beautiful yeah. too like that that scene that's like a legitimate like emotional scene yeah and this is, yeah, this is Gunn, I think, at his strongest, which is this beautiful, sincere, emotional scene, and then, like, brought Christmas to him, and then they bring out a gift, and then he realizes it's a human yeah. that they kidnapped, well, he, and he's like, what the hell you, is wrong with you, can, you guys? You can hear him, he's like, I think I'm going to black out, you guys kind of didn't poke any holes in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and with, he yells at them all, and is like, oh my god, Kevin Bacon, he has Mantis unhypnotize him. Yeah, because Kevin like, Bacon's freak out. clearly yeah. high basically he's like hey man and, yeah <laughs> and and quill's just like you need to unbrain him and they do and he yeah. rightfully freaks the fuck out right but he's like being very he's like listen we're gonna get you back on earth we're gonna get, do it like he does all the right things he's just like i'm so sorry they didn't understand i'm gonna get you to earth immediately just don't run and of course he runs <laughs> and then nebula um, chases him down oh because the other thing too and then we nebula forget about that but, but they draw on him <laughs> like they point a gun right in his face yes well they do the thing where they're like we're not gonna hurt you and then he says something and like someone's like i'll kill no, you yeah because rocket goes we're not gonna hurt you he goes like ah talking raccoon he's like i'll kill you 
<laughs> yeah, and then the, yeah, and then when he runs, they're like, "Go get him!" And Nebula is just like on it and takes out her. And she's like, "You can't run from off. me, Kevin Bacon." And he's like, "But don't." Don't kill him. Nebula is great because also she immediately also thinks actors are scumbags. Yeah. Like it's just common knowledge in space. Yeah. Like that's what it feels like. Yeah. Which also does add to that. Um, the acting of the Asgardians. Yeah. When you think about that, where I don't know, I always thought that was really fun that they have those actors, is, those really you're like, right. Is like, they're such scum. They're like such pieces of shit. Yeah, I love how they got the worst Hemsworth yeah. to play Thor. <laughs> that the acting, like getting Matt Perfect. Damon to be Loki. Um, and then, uh, Sam Neill <laughs> to play the fake so Odin good. is just my favorite that they got like legitimately great actors. And then the other yep. Hemsworth. Yeah, it was so good. I wish they didn't just do the same joke in the second one, but I really, yeah. Well, but they sure um, did, didn't they? They sure did. That that is really the energy of that one, where it felt like it was like, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to put as much thought. It's into the this, Hangover sure. Two of Thor movies. Yeah, yeah, it is. You're right. Um, so Kevin Bacon runs off, and they they sort of yada yada, and he gets back with Sean Gunn, and Sean Gunn's like, sorry about all this. You see, like, and he explains why they brought him yeah. and Quill. And then Kira Sedwick calls and he's like, hey, honey, can I stay out just a little bit later? And he, uh, and I feel like this was in Kevin Bacon's contract. He pulls some Bacon Band shit. Yep. Which and is, he has to sing a song. And it's, it's like, of course is, he does. Which is great. It's like, it's yeah. genuinely good. It's it's fun. And, you know, he's what, what is it? The, ba- the Bacon Boys? Bacon Brothers. The Bacon I don't Brothers, know. I, yeah. I had a teacher who, like, played with them. Of course you did. Um, because it's all like folk rock shit. I yeah. don't know. Uh, One of they're the, fine. It's important. Hit, uh, what, what's important to note about the interaction with Sean Gunn's character too is that he says he's like he's like yeah man he's like I get it like this is freaky it's just that you know he told right. all he just all this kid talked about was how great you were and that you saved this town with dancing and then he saved the fucking galaxy by dancing because of you. Like you inspired him. Like if you hadn't done that, he would have never known how to save, how to fucking uh, save the the entire galaxy in the first Guardians of the Galaxy film. Like, you know, that's a real thing that happened. And so that tying that back to the first movie. Yeah. Like having a callback that's eight years old and being like, yeah, man, you know, the, the the, the world hasn't been destroyed because of this. Yep. You know. Also, what they're doing right now is classic Christmas. They just framed it differently. This is the Grinch's heart expanding. Kind Kevin of, yeah. Bacon wants to escape, and he has the holiday change of heart. Yeah. Where he says, you know what? I will help you guys. We will celebrate, even though you kidnapped me. So they do all the bits. The one thing we didn't set up is that um, Mantis is scared to tell Quill she's his sister yeah. because she thinks when he looks at me, he's going to see ego and he's not going to like me anymore. Yeah. And this is the other holiday thread, which is that the, at the end they celebrate and she reveals it. And he says, that's the greatest gift of all. Yeah. And it's very sweet. There, um, there's speaking of Mantis. The other thing that we sort of glossed over is just how actually terrifying she would be. Cause she like, yeah, she runs like a bug when she's chasing yes. down. Like she like hops like a grasshopper at people. And that is, she's a demon fucking yeah. terrifying. Like when he's running like Dra- cause Drax is bounding, but she's like moving like an animal. Yeah. She's like a spider. Yeah. And like that. And obviously she, the, the action with her, and the cops is is good. She's very good. Palm is is, is oh, yeah. incredible. Uh, and then, but then at the same time, like seeing her and like her interactions, like when you see her be kind of a a, a people bug, 
right. that to me like drax is scary in that he's a big scary man but like she's yeah, but way she's scarier scarier yeah because she does like she like hypnotizes you it's like she changes who you are and she's like a bug that is by the way the most strain on the cgi i saw is when she's jumping around like a bug because they have to simulate a human who's doing cgi stuff and you could sort of see it there where you're like ooh, that's a little blade it's a little blade blade two, yeah yeah (laughs) very much like as soon as you said that i'm like this has blade two energy yeah yeah but i mean i'm glad they did it before the reasons you're saying yeah um and so classic christmas it also ends with her saying like you know, we heard how your childhood was with Yondu, like, and he's like, oh, you didn't hear the end of that story. And the reveal, the bookend of this is that he kicked, he was like, enough of that Christmas crap. But then he looked at the presents and saw that they gave him a gift. And so he yeah. leaves a gift for Quill. And they, they did this thing with him. And I'm okay with it, but it definitely feels like they did a little like, um, shit, what's the word I'm looking for? They did. Where they like... They retconned they, his attitude a retconned, little bit. Yeah. yeah, they retconned him a lot. Because in the first movie, he was clearly a bad guy. And then they retconned him in the second well, one, and they're continuing well, to retcon him. And I'm okay with that, because it doesn't feel like... He never did anything. It's not like Loki. No, he's not you know? a bad guy, uh, Dave. Yeah. He's, he's a scumbag. And that, I think, yeah. is important. Like It's important to know that he's a he was a dirtbag, and that's literally the entire front end of guardians 2 is all of the other right. reavers being like you're a fucking scumbag that's why yeah. and so like in that regard it's good it's also a good throwback because that's the start of i don't know if you noticed but his tchotchke collection how he loved right. he he loved little like you know little cutie right. kind of stuff based. yeah and so like to to have that be the thing that established it and then he gives peter his his guns that right. we see him using for for eternity at this point in time um i think is really is really interesting but you're right and i did notice that too that they retconned his behavior but it is also one of those things where like i don't know man i feel like even in bad families there are good memories i also think he's savable yeah like again going back to loki i got really bothered by that where it's like didn't you kill their friend (laughs) like agent colson like it's stuff like like Marvel has this problem. I they tried to do it with Abomination a little bit, and I think Abomination you'd know more than me because you saw She Hulk, where it's again like you killed like in if you go watch the first Edward Norton just Hulk, watch She Hulk killing people. They've just watched She Hulk. Yeah, okay, <laughs> but like I I'm thinking of Shang Chi is why that's the thing where they made him like friends with um what's his name and i was just like this guy murdered people murdered civilians um it's just marvel has that issue where they they don't like they feel like they're really into reforming villains and some villains i'm like i don't know man it's kind of it's kind of weird but like yondu i think yeah he never passed a point of no return i think one so it's like you can kind of work with that like he was he definitely seemed like an abusive fucking father um, but they're trying to, yeah, retcon that. So it's like, okay, I guess he wasn't it, as bad. I think modern storytelling, and this is one of the problems I think we see in like the purity of people tweeting, where where people will be like, oh, you're trying to rehabilitate this bad person. And it's like, first off, it's a fictional person. Second off, people contain right. multitudes, folks. I hate to I break agree. it to you, but like, you know, but, even bad people do good things sometimes. I don't know how to say this. Like, not not every person who does a transgression 
is 100% evil. Yeah, I've talked with Tom about this a lot. The problem isn't that it's doing it. It's that it becomes a pattern to the and so like it actually becomes the norm or the predictable thing which is like i was talking to tom about this where it's like you can't make a superhero movie anymore where it's just bad guy versus good guy like there has they do this now all the time where they're like the bad guy needs to be sympathetic or have a point or it has to be subversive it has to be like the boys and it's it's just funny how we go and this isn't just superheroes it's just how we go in these cycles yeah where we subvert it and then we subvert it again, and sure, and all, all of a sudden, the subvertive thing is actually the non-subvertive thing you started with, where it's like, we've hit that point with superheroes, where I'm like, honestly, I kind of just want a bad guy. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not uh, every day yeah. you get, you, you don't always get a Palpatine, you know, like somebody right. that's just like a purely, like, genocidal fascist or something like that. Like Right. And when done right, it's really scary because if they're not if they're hard to stop at the same time. Yeah. That it's like, fuck man, what do you even do about that? I mean, but but you also like I think what's important to understand though is that a lot of these times you're just trying to get the pathos of these characters. Like even if it's like like Thanos is a bad person and it's like, oh, Thanos was right about this. It's like, yeah, but he could have also created more resources with the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. He didn't. No, th- yeah, he Thanos went to was geno- wrong. He went to genocide. He was right in understanding what was happening and he took it out on people. And what made Thanos... Oh, sorry. And I just think that's interesting where, where you get that moral gray area of like, oh, yeah, but he's got a point and he saw all his people die and blah, blah, blah because they wouldn't listen. It's like, yeah, but then he... He did genocide in a, I hate to, like, he did genocide in a, in a, in a very bad way. And like, which is yeah. all the way you would do genocide. As opposed to the good way. Yeah. yeah the good genocide. Um, he did a bad genocide. But it's like, he could have fixed the problems in a myriad of ways. Right. Um, no, could, I, I never, yeah, I never bought into that he was right. What makes, I thought Thanos great is, um, he's like the perfect version of like, they're not trying to make him sympathetic. They're not trying to make Killmonger out of him. No. But he has layers, and I really like that about him. I like that, like, he's consistent and that he's kind of like, he's kind of like, he wants a fair fight or he he kind of respects people. Yeah. Um, You know, the stuff of like, I hope they remember you, Tony, stuff like that, where it's like they give him depth in a way that doesn't make him. He's a warrior. Like, he's evil through and through, um, but he has depth. Or like when Quill tries to kill gamora and he's like i like him because you do what you don't realize is like what quill's trying to do in that moment is what he has to do later yeah which is kill the person he loves for the greater good so it's stuff like that where he he has that he has a he has principles and he has a, a code and that doesn't make him bad or that doesn't make him good but it makes him consistent yeah, in a way that's interesting. He has he 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 would be like a Conan villain. Like he's a yeah. he's a warrior, um, and he respects other warriors. It doesn't mean he's doing good things. No, um, and he he almost reminds me of Kratos from God of War, where he's on this epic adventure that and, and but he's what he's doing I, is horrifying. I, um, I feel like when and like he is almost like the protagonist of his own story. Yeah. Like he has ups and downs. He makes sacrifices. Oh yeah, that's his. And then movie. you have Josh Brolin playing him, and you're like, this is a realized character. Yeah. The thing is, is Infinity War. That's Thanos's movie. Like yeah. it begins and ends with Thanos. Like it's his adventure. Yeah. yeah. Um. One of the things 
that I think is really interesting about like the Marvel villain quote problem is that what we're doing is we're just spending more time looking at them. And so, and they're giving you the understanding of like, here's why this person is bad now. And a lot of it does have to do with like trauma that they dealt with or like the cruelties of the heroes. And by adding that gray to the, like, you're right in that we don't get just the 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 very hard black and white, you know, one good guy, one bad guy. On how thing. they do it, like I think Loki was treated poorly, like in the sense that like they came in hard with how Loki is, yeah. and then like later it's he's like cracking jokes with Thor and shit, you know. I think and, Green and it, Goblin and it felt like they liked the actor yeah. so much that they sort of like yeah they they tried to speed up his rehabilitation. But, but that's I would Loki say. anyway. Like, that's sure. the thing about Loki is, like, his whole thing is, like, pranks. <laughs> like, so, like, I don't know, man. Like, I guess you can rehabilitate a character like that pretty easily um, in, the, you know, in that specific regard. But, yeah, yeah. like, there's there's one of those. Oh, God, I said a thing. I do think it's a good totally... instinct, though, because, again, it's all about people. These sh- these movies should all always be about characters. The thing that always annoys me is, like, the ending of Black Panther where they have to fight. And I'm like, can't they just talk? Like, they, like everything feels like it's setting up that they talk and then they don't talk they fight yeah that that one that one is really like one of those things i think a good example was like ronan in in the first guardians of the galaxy um being or i guess guardians of the galaxy has a really good track record of villains james gunn we're it's like james we're gunn. like ronan is basically a terrorist and he's a, james gonna Oh, sorry. And I was going to say he's he's a terrorist. He's a villain in the same way like the the bad guy from Three Kings is a villain. Yeah. Where you're like, yeah. oh, okay, well, your family was crushed by these people, so now you want to destroy them. That's all. It's, like we look at that like, oh, he's a bad guy, and it's like that's what America has been doing for centuries. Right. Um. And it's not just what James Gunn. What makes it good is he also realizes, um, that it's not just. Like he he he's he has the Shane Black sensibilities where action it can't just be that they wail on each other. It has to be like there there needs to be more to it. Like both um like Guardians Two, there's a little bit of superhero stuff, but he adds like the bomb and you have to do this and that and like it's an emotional uh sequence as well and people are sacrificing themselves. Yeah. And also he's like, a genocidal he villain. He understands that there's more to just them fighting. Although I will say I loved Peacemaker, but without spoiling it, he kind of reuses a trope with Peacemaker that he just did with Suicide Squad at yeah. the end. Like I felt like Peacemaker kind of didn't he it was it wasn't a strong sticking finish, the landing perfectly is very hard. But yeah. luckily a lot of the enjoyment is about the journey we took along the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, Peacemaker's great. You know, when you look at ego that character was very much a, a kid with a magnifying glass over an ant farm. You know, he he does whatever right. he wants to do in order to fulfill whatever twisted need he has, which I think is another thing that people, you know, like ego was yeah. one of these things where he's just like, oh yeah, I fucking destroyed all these planets. Like I liked ego because yeah, they didn't try to make him that sympathetic. He was just evil. He's just like, like yeah, he, but he's, he doesn't even real. he doesn't realize he's evil. Yeah. He's just like, man, it is powerful to it's, realize it's it. yeah. so wild that I had to kill your mother. Isn't that weird? Yeah. And it's, and Quill's like, what the, f- what? And he's like, yeah, it's yeah. weird that I did that. Right. Like, oh my God, it's like such yeah, a exactly. silly thing to do. Right. 
And that's that's actually, I think, even more terrifying. The villain yeah. that doesn't even know he's the villain. He's just doing awful shit, which I guess is kind of how Drax was to the Earthlings. Right. In this. Like he's yeah. just he just bounded through terror. Um, yeah, he, he fought cops. He, yeah. Uh, so I guess he's the hero. I'm not, yeah, I was going to say, I'm not losing sleep over yeah. it. Not <laughs> they, the they LA, fire on him not, immediately. Not the, not the LAPD. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, but it is. This is a very, very good use of 45 minutes. It, and it's yes. the perfect. It's exactly the length of an hour long Christmas special with commercials. Yep. So like. No, this. You yeah, just, they nailed it. Yeah, you could just find an act break and then just YouTube some commercials real quick and you'll get the full experience. Yeah, watch some fucking Lego commercials from yeah. the 90s or something. I do like that the way that Marvel introduces their specials is very much like the 80s version of introducing specials, which I think is fun. Because yeah. they've done two two holiday specials and they've both been retro, which I think right. is very fun. But I like I said, I only accept that if they understand the assignment. And this understood the assignment. I think And that's what I mean is like when with Marvel, whenever they like boast an aesthetic, but if they don't actually do it, like in the tone, that really bothers me. Cause in the same way Tarantino does that. Tarantino will be like, oh, this is the, like his grindhouse wasn't a grindhouse. It was a Tarantino film, which I like. Yes. Um just with a fil- it, with a filter on it. Exactly. And that's what I mean is like, if you're going to do that, if you're going to call that shot, you better follow through, in my opinion. Um, and, and like, especially if I don't, if I don't find it entertaining otherwise. And like, obviously this, like, that's what, I, that's what I like is when you look at this, it's like, they didn't try to make it look like, oh, this was shot in the same film as like a Christmas story, or we're going to make it look like Rudolph. No, they made it their own Christmas special. They understood what the core yeah. of a Christmas special is. Yeah. The, and they did that. The, the, if I were to go back and change one thing about it, it, it would be the, the, the choice of animation. Yeah, sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. It, it looks like, you know what it looks like is it looks like a cut scene from an Xbox 360 game. <laughs> You know, like that's the that's kind of the the style that you get where you're like, okay, this does everything that it, it's saying it's trying to do, but it's got this weird. Huh. It's gonna. I wasn't nearly as angry at it as you were. I'm not angry. Um, it just it doesn't. I have to watch it. Again. I wasn't angry. It's just if you know what they're going for, which is okay, they're recreating the animation style of a a 60s, 70s, or even 80s cartoon. Okay, I right. get that. But when you look at those things, like the Grinch was done by Chuck Jones. Like when you look at like all these different things, like the quality of animation was a lot higher than this is remembering it and giving it credit for. Right. So I feel like they could have, I don't think it would have been much more expensive to really ape. And, and what I, I'm glad they didn't do was what Always Sunny did, which was to recreate the Rudolph claymation. Yeah. Because they could have done that's that. What I'm, that's what I'm saying is like, I'm okay with it because I'd rather them not try to focus on the aesthetic and more on the ter- t- tone. Like, that's what I think Werewolf by Night did wrong is they were like, look, we lit it like an old movie and it's black and white, but then nothing else about it. Even the camera moves. Like, they had these oneers on like steady cams, and it's like, oh yeah, like your classic The Mummy oneers, you know? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I don't, I'd rather you get the story tone. And the like, the core idea behind what you're what you're uh, tributing, rather than just the superficial visuals yeah. of it, you know. 
and this felt like a Christmas special, even though it might not necessarily had looked like one, yeah. you know? Yeah, but it was fun. It was very fun. It's definitely worth your time to watch. Uh, yeah. Hopefully you watched it before you listened to this. Yeah. So you could be like, yeah, I, mean, I understand that. Uh, they, and you, they knew what they were signing Hopefully up for. you watched the 12 movies that we referenced and, and the 16 hours yeah. of additional Marvel television series that we brought up. Uh, and in DC. The, and DC in the stuff. DC stuff, yeah. So that's another eight yeah. hours uh, plus, geez, a couple we have reverence. So basically, take the week off. Yep. <laughs> all right. Take the and week just, off. Uh, Watch and, all yeah. the stuff we talked about. Then come back to this, even though we're telling you to do this at the end of the episode. I think that's a good plan. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey, thank you so much for being here. Of course. For being my guest co-host. Uh, you plug some stuff at the beginning. You might as well plug some stuff at the end as well. Why don't you do that? Uh, well, as I mentioned before, uh, I have cool friends and I have a show called Jeff Has Cool Friends. You can get that for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, but if you want early access to uncensored episodes with bonus content, please, by all means, come on over to patreon.com slash Jeff May, where you can get that plus my monthly shows like Ugg Fine with Kim Crawl, as well as Nerd with Dre Alvarez, which is also available for free. But I do that on the Patreon as well. Um, you can again hear me on Unpopular Opinion and You Don't Even Like Sports a sports podcast for people that hate sports like you know most of our fans um yep. so you can check that out uh on the unpops network and of course on this network you can hear tom and jeff watch batman where tom and i uh tom ryman and i are currently uh in the middle of the drudgery of super friends which Hell is a yeah. which is a wild thing to cover and it is both it's weird but it's also it's not the fun kind of weird when you're watching it you're like this is just it's really weird. <laughs> it's uh you know who would have thought that a, a cartoon from 1973 wouldn't hold up the same way mm -hmm. but yeah. you should be high yeah if oh, you're yeah. high it'll probably be better and if, if you want to see me live mint on card is the second friday of every month at blast from the past on beautiful magnolia in burbank california uh hell yeah it's a comedy show in a toy store folks you can't you can't get any better than that you really can't. I love that place. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll plug the the our, uh, the Gamefully Unemployed Patreon. Patreon.com slash Gamefully, G-A-M-E-F-U-L-O-Y, Unemployed, along with Tom and Jeff Watch Batman. We also have uh, Fox Mulder's a Maniac, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and Spielboys for just $5 a month. You get access to all of those. Um, if you want to kick in a little more, you can do custom We Just Watched episodes. Uh, you can watch movies with us every Friday night. Um we also have a store. If you go to gamefullyunemployed.com, you get access to that. And I want to quickly plug. Um, so we normally have Hypecast. Uh, for this month, we are doing something else. We are doing a series on the Blood Rain films. That's right. The Uwe Bowl. Blood, Blood Rain, Rain with Uwe Bowl, huh? Yep. Called Bud Rain. Bud Rain. It is uh, me and Adam Ganser. Uh, watching the blood rains and talking about it. Are you? If you're familiar with our series, uh, Guy Light or Fifty Shades of Guy, it is very much a sequel to that. So that starts Friday. Bud Rain, first episode. Bud Rain. Are you guys getting high while you do this? Is that what the Bud no. part is, or is it just because you're buddies? It, we're just no, it's buds because the other ones were Guy Light. Huh. Uh, we we're picking these based off the pun that we can create. So you're so, basically watching the movie version of the Super Friends. Yeah, I guess. Who's it? Because these are terrible. Is it Christina Loken? They're terrible. Is it Christina Loken? Is the Blood Rain the first one? Yes, she is certainly not in the next ones. No, no. The the TX they, didn't make it into the the second. Yeah, yeah. the first one cost twenty five million, and then they they cost considerably less. 
and it shows. Well, you already got the you already got everything done, you know. It's just polish yeah. at that point in time. Yeah. It is uh yeah. Le- definitely listen there. I think I I really like the episodes we've done so far. And boy, we're we're really like it just like Jesus Christ, we're doing a lot of sacrifice uh <laughs> for you by watching the Blood Rain movies. Yeah, let's you know? do it. Let's do it. Uh yeah. well th- th- that being said, everybody listen to those. Yeah. Listen to and, all the uh, things we said. We need you. We need you. We need you so much. We'll we'll do anything. Yeah. I'll we'll, touch it. We'll touch it. I'll put my finger in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs>